The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, who love to stand and pray in the synagogues, and on street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father in heaven. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Last Sunday, just a couple days ago, I began the homily by talking about one of our beloved parishioners, our brother Bob Schaefer, a great local sports legend. Remember, I rattled off some of his stats, were utterly amazing. Just kind of give you an idea. He was the third winningest football, high school football coach in the entire state. 170 wins, 35 losses, nine state championships. 44 straight wins, by the way. 44, that's, that's about four years of games. 44 straight wins. So he was a sports legend. You would have never known that when he'd be kneeling here at Mass with us, humbly praying. As I began my homily the other day, or last Sunday, before I talked about Bob, I checked in with Lisa, his wife to make sure with her permission if I could talk about him. Because as we all know, we lost Bob tragically 
about 2017 in April. And many of, you, many of us know the story, but they were returning home from their oldest son's 39th birthday party in Truckee, coming down, as we all do, down, down 89 towards Sierraville, and there was a drunk driver, suspended license, all these illegal drugs coursing through his system, should not have been on the road. Crosses the center line and hits Bob, who was driving, Lisa's wife in the passenger seats, the youngest Patrick in the back seats. Lisa would say that when the accident happened, Bob didn't die right away. In fact, she, he died before her very eyes. It was already sad, a sad, a tragic situation. Can't imagine as, from her perspective as a wife to see your husband before you dying and nothing to do as you waited for the paramedics to come and see your son in the back seat broken as well. Praise God, he, was, he survived. I received a text shortly after that homily I gave about Bob on Sunday. From Lisa, of course. She said, thank you for such a great tribute to Bob. I am grateful for my Catholic family, God, and faith. I share this line because notice now, this utter tragedy in 2017. And within a few short years, do you hear the utter hope? that Lisa has now, still. I'm thankful to God for my Catholic family and for my faith. You see, when we understand our suffering in the story of God, it becomes bearable. You see, our world sees suffering with no utter value. Suffering has no meaning. Suffering is something to be avoided at all costs, to run away from. But not for us who believe in this God. Because otherwise, if we do not see our suffering within God's plan, we will utterly become broken. It will destroy us without faith. The Nazis had six concentration camps the worst of which was Auschwitz. They brilliantly, in their savagery, murdered 1.3 million people there. One camp, 1.3 million. 232,000 of those were kids. It was an utterly brutal system that the Nazis had concocted. And in one of the cells of these concentration camps, it was written graffiti by one of the prisoners, by one of the Jewish prisoners in the cell. Writing in German, this graffiti read, Wenn es einem Gott gibt, muss er mich um Wetzelhung bitten. If there is a God, he will have to beg me for forgiveness. He would have to beg me for forgiveness. Notice here, here is a Jew. 
the Jews now, the chosen people, beloved of God. God who gave, which arose Abraham, which arose Moses, which God had, it says in, in scripture that God was like a mother hen gathering her people under her, her wing. God who wished, we see in the prophet Isaiah, who wants to marry his people. Or when you read the Song of Songs, there's God who, who pursues humanity, especially the Jewish people, like a lover. All of that, and all of a sudden now, here you are locked up in a concentration camp, seeing the worst atrocities that human imagination could ever think of. And so for this man who wrote this graffiti, if indeed there is a God, you have to beg me for forgiveness. Oh, how I understand him. But now we must see this precisely, our suffering, now more beautifully through the story of Jesus Christ. You see, all of us will have to endure suffering. Every single one of us. There's no way around it. No way. And our Lord himself promised us, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you will be escaped from suffering, but rather, he says, no, you have to carry your cross. If you want to be worthy of me, you must pick it up and follow me. Where does the cross lead? But to Calvary. If you remember the apostles, when they tried to tell him, Peter especially, when the Lord told them that I, had to, I will be arrested, they will torture me, I will be crucified. And then the natural human response was from Peter, if you recall, he says, Lord, no. And the Lord's response to Peter was, get behind me, Satan. Because even Satan himself sees no power in suffering. As now the whole entire church shifts into Lent, she asks of us to suffer this Lent. If you live Lent properly, by the way, it should be hard. It will be hard. If Lent is going easy for you, you're doing it wrong. You're, you're, you're riding your bike with training wheels still. Lent must be painful. And those three aspects which the church gives us from the very beginning. Increasing of prayer. Our prayer life must increase. Fasting. We must fast to the point of, of, of it being irritating and painful. And we must give almsgiving, increasing our charity. By the way, the, the principles as a church, we don't give you a certain percentage. See, the Jewish people used to have to give 10% of their income back to God. We no longer have a set number. But there's a principle which we can all use. Whenever we give to charity, whenever we give to the parish or whatever cause you see fit, it has to sting. That's the principle. It must sting. If, if you, whatever you give to charity and it doesn't hurt you, you're not giving enough. Flat out. It's supposed to hurt us. That's the principle. That's why the, the difference between Cain and Abel's, if you remember Cain and Abel back in the Old Testament, what separated Cain's offering from Abel's offering was that Abel offered his first fruits, meaning he gave what was best to God. Cain held back. He held back. You mean, in other words, Cain's offering was easy. He was giving from his surplus. That's why God said he looked at Abel's offering and said, ah, his is much better. And then it infuriated Cain with anger, so much so that we had the first murder. Because Cain loved his money more. 
See, the Christian principle of charity, of giving during Lent, is that it must hurt us. So whatever that percentage is, just let it sting. Let it resonate. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. So whatever you do, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I pray that this land be absolutely miserable for you. I really do. I'm, I wish nothing but gloom, sadness upon you for the next 40 days. I want you to be miserable. I want you to be sad and depressed, irritable. So whatever you do during Lent, make sure it stings you. Because I'm telling you, there's enough comfort out there. And I'll end here with a beautiful line of Pope Benedict. He powerfully said, he said, the world offers you comfort. But we weren't made for comfort. We were made for greatness. And these next 40 days, we enter into the pain of the desert with Jesus Christ. Because our suffering now, when united to the cross, the cross of Christ will be utterly powerful now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.